the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. What we're going to talk about tonight, the verses that we're going to talk about in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, we'll be going from verse 6 to verse 13. What we're talking about here tonight is really the sovereignty of God. There are two things that I said before. One of the things I've said before is that we stand on two pillars as Christians. One of them being His sovereignty and the other one being His love. And the reality of it is that to enter into carnality... To begin to enter into comparisons of the flesh, judgments of the flesh, to enter into pride, you have to dismiss those things. You have to disregard His sovereignty and His love. You see, pride can't exist alongside of those two things. It won't. Because if God is sovereign, how dare we even believe that we have anything to be boasting in? And if God is love, how dare we hope that we could do better for ourselves? How dare we compare? For where you are is the very best place for you to be. Why? Because you're in Christ. Paul is dealing with a situation where the Corinthians have begun to try to know God according to the flesh. They begin to acquire for themselves a certain amount of spiritual superiority based on who they followed. And as I've said before, divisions are always a matter of flesh. And the problem is pride. These are the verses where Paul is going to address the root of pride, the root of the carnality in the Corinthian church, which is pride. And we talked about this in Bible study the other night, but pride is the basis for every sin. Every sin is born out of pride. It's born out of the independence of the flesh. Even the beginning, in the garden, Eve decided that she would decide for herself what right and wrong would be, what would be best for her. What is that born out of? But pride. Most sin is identified by its fruit when pride is really at its root. It is pride that drives us to live according to the flesh, and it is pride that deludes us into believing that we can know and serve God in and by or according to the flesh. That's pride too. Pride is only embraced by the flesh. It always seeks 
to be known according to the flesh. When people stand in pride, they want to be known according to the flesh, regardless of what they say. They may tell you that they are doing it to seek crowns in heaven, but then even that is a fleshly perspective, is it not? It seeks the glory of man. You know, spiritual growth always comes from the humiliation of the flesh, never from the exaltation of the flesh. Do you notice that? Spiritual growth always comes from the humiliation of the flesh, never from the exaltation of the flesh. That is a spiritual principle that's borne out throughout the entirety of the Bible. It was borne out in Paul's life. Yet, that is how we most often seek to expand our spiritual life, is in the flesh, through the flesh, by the flesh. And that is why faith and rest are the most difficult disciplines. Because neither are possible when living according to the flesh. Think about it. Faith and rest are impossible when we're living according to the flesh. People who struggle the most with the issue of faith, because faith is believing that I have everything in Christ, that I am complete in Christ, that the very best for me is where I'm at, that I am part of an eternal process, that I am living in Christ, and Christ is living in me, that I am literally part of His glorious work. Faith is believing all of those things. Faith is believing that that nothing happens to me by accident, that all of it comes to me either through the allowance of God or directly by the hand of God. Faith is believing that I'm in the plan of God, not just happenstance, not by choice, but by, by literally by creation. As I was created in Him, I was put in the plan of God. Faith believes those things. So if I embrace faith, then I have no right for comparison. I have no right for complaint. I have no right for criticism. I have no right for offense. And rest. Rest is not possible without faith because when faith, I believe that I can rest. That God has it all. Then He is literally holding my life together. I didn't take my next breath because my lungs worked. I took my next breath because God declared it so. And I'll breathe the last in this body because God declared it so. But I'll move from physical attire to spiritual attire into the truth of my destiny, which is eternal. Is that so bad? We walk and live out of the truth of those two pillars. Sovereignty and love. And faith and rest are possible when we stand there. They're always possible when we stand there. When we look at Scripture, we see the greatest men of God were the most humbled. The ones who suffered great loss. You see, the Christian life has never been about the exaltation of the flesh. The Christian life has never been about prosperity. It has always been about God's glory made manifest through the life of His Son. That's why it's called Christian. But it's not about all the things that the world, the flesh, and the religious flesh would like to proclaim. Now the Corinthians had entered into a carnality because they were proud. They had become arrogant in their approach to God, believing that man can know God through his mind and articulate God with his mouth. 
And you remember in verse 4, Paul describes ministers as slaves or servants of Christ. And the Greek word that he used there is actually the word that describes the under rowers of a Roman battleship. They were the bottom people. They were literally the lowest form of slave. That's how Paul describes himself as a minister. And these Corinthians were honoring leaders. And it's because it became a fleshy identity. And the whole thing was built on pride, comparisons, and the glory of man. Now listen, in comparison, there must by necessity always be division. There are winners and losers. Flesh is set before flesh. And this is easy to fall into. It is subtle. And that's why we need, and that's why we as children of God have, The Spirit of God to guard our souls. Be ye filled. Be ye filled that you may have your soul guarded from pursuit of the glory of your flesh. Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 7 says, Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility, who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity. Let me point out, he stripped himself. The world did not take anything from him. He laid it down. He stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity. Rightful dignity. This was not something he proclaimed about himself. This was not something that he conferred upon himself. This was the truth of who he was. So as to assume the guise of a servant, a slave... In that he became like men and was born a human being. So let this same attitude, let this same purpose and humble mind be in you. How is that possible? You have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ, but we allow our thinking and attitude to be conformed to this world, the way of flesh, and enter the world of comparisons, envy, and the paradigm of flesh, the paradigm of pride. That's what we allow ourselves to be talked into, to be cooked into, (laughs) to be pulled into. You know, as a church and as a pastor, I've recognized and made mention of differences in what we believe and the way we choose to worship. But we are not greater in what we do. We stand on level ground with every believer, and I mean every believer from first to last. What we know that is worthy of our Lord has been a matter of His revelation, not a matter of intellect or superiority. We don't need to glory in the differences. We don't need to have comparisons. Let's lift our praise to God who is glorified in the unity of the body of Christ, not in the separation of it. And there is no greater or lesser. 
we are all grateful slaves. That's what we are. Let's look at our text. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul writing. He says, Now I have applied all this about parties and factions to myself and Apollos for your sake, brethren, so that from what I have said of us as illustrations, you may learn to think of men in accordance with the Scripture and not to go beyond that which is written, that none of you may be puffed up and inflated with pride and boast in favor of one minister and teacher against another. And Paul is here illustrating his point with himself and, and Apollos. Some, some even uh, the theologians believe that possibly it wasn't their following of Paul and Apollos, but maybe the following of other teachers. It doesn't matter. Paul's putting himself on the same level as every minister. He says, do not be puffed up. You have become puffed up. That's Paul's way of saying, become proud. We have a saying, a country boy say, you know, that, that guy's full of himself. Well, that's literally what's going on. They have become full of themselves. They had become full of who they believed themselves to be. And they had become puffed up, as Paul calls it. He is saying that those of us who've been ranked as apostles and fathers of the church would not have such titles given to us or conferred on us. Don't don't rank us that way. See us according to Scripture. Follow the Scriptures concerning how you honor those who minister among you. And don't go beyond the Word of God in this. There's only one reason you would. The only reason that people lift man up beyond his status is they're hoping to raise themselves along with him. They're looking for identity in the glory of flesh. They were honoring men with men, with the glory of flesh. They were taking the glory of God and attributing it to men. They were attributing the work of the Spirit to the flesh and aggrandizing the flesh in order to be glorified and superior in their spiritual position, in their association with these people. And if Paul and Apollos did not see themselves as party leaders, as great spiritual leaders, why would anybody else? For surely if Paul and Apollos had... If, if anybody had right, they did. Paul, most certainly, as an apostle. But it reminds you of what we just read, doesn't it? Jesus, if anybody could attribute titles and confer glory upon himself, it was Christ, wasn't it? And Paul says, no, think of me in this way. For I am a slave. I am a bottom person. I am at the very bottom of the boat. Do not go beyond the word of God. Do not confer on me such title and such glory, because that is not who I am. 1 Corinthians 4, 7. For who separates you from the others as a faction leader? Who makes you superior and sets you apart from another, giving you the preeminence? What have you that was not given to you? If you received it from someone, why do you boast as if you had not received it, but had gained it by your own efforts? Now, the reason that we never exalt flesh is that none of us possess anything that we have not been given. And when we look to flesh to compare every attribute as though man has gathered these things unto themselves, then we assume the same pride as the man we're looking at. 
That old saying that, that we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps. That we went out there and put our shoulder to the plow and made it happen. And I would say to you, who gave you breath? Who gave you limbs to get up out of bed in the morning? Who gave you nurture to grow muscle? Who gave you a mind to receive information? Who strengthened you? Who literally put you in the environment that you were in in order to prosper? Seed does not arbitrarily land on fertile soil. Everything that has happened to you has happened by and according to the will of God. You did not excel to where you are because of your great and masterful effort. I did not excel in that way. Every step has been orchestrated and nurtured and brought about by His loving kindness and His desire and His purpose for you. You say, well, what are we supposed to do? Just give up and lay down and wait for God to turn us into something? No. That's flesh arguing, a fleshly argument. That is not truth. The reality of it is, as a child of God, being in Christ, do you really think that you can just sit? If you are a drop of water in the ocean, can you still the ocean? Do you believe that as a child of God, that you can literally become absolutely still and not be a part of the plan of God? That doesn't work. You have to enter into rebellion. You have to enter into disobedience. You have to enter into stubbornness and obstinance and pride to literally circumvent what God would have you know and see about Him. You do. You literally blind yourself to the revelation of God. I've done it. God has put me in the perfect place to, and He does every day, to experience the revelation of Christ. But I have embraced my flesh and the circumstances are, are been, been put off by the circumstances that I've been so wrapped up in how it is treating me that I had to wait and suffer before I ever received the revelation. Have you ever been there? I had to wait and suffer. Listen, we did not get anything by our effort. We received everything by the gracious hand of God. And when we received it, we received it in obedience. And when we received it in obedience, it became to us all that God intended. But when we rejected it, it just sat over there as a contrast to what God had for us. It just sat over there and became a light that showed the darkness that we were sitting in. Have you ever been satisfied in rebellion? Have you ever been satisfied in disobedience? Have you ever been satisfied in bitterness? Have you ever felt fulfilled in any of those things? You were made for God and Him alone. You did not get where you are by virtue of your will. Now this is what Paul is telling these guys. You're exalting these men because you believe that these men, by their intellect and by their physical greatness, by who they are, had somehow arrived where they are. And you associating yourself with them is glorying in the flesh. You have to glory in the flesh in order to feel like your flesh has any potential. And that's what we're talking about. We love listening to the success stories. There's nothing wrong with that. It's inspiring, isn't it? Why is it inspiring? 
because you hope that you can be just like them. Right? That's why you love listening to them. You know, he did it. Ten easy steps to make a million dollars in real estate. (laughs) Right? We love listening to those things. You ever stay up late and watch those infomercials? Well, they have you believing you can be a millionaire overnight. We get all enthused because it puts hope in us. But what's that hope in? It's in the flesh. It's in what I can do. And then we get to try to get God on board on that. Right? Now, Lord, I'm going to order this. <laughs> and, Lord, you're going to need to bless it. I can just see, I can see you fulfilling this for me. I can see you prospering me in this. You know, the only reason I know these examples is because I've been there. The reality is, Paul is saying, you do not, do not, do not hit your wagon to any fleshly star. Do not walk around bragging about how some minister or some following has brought you into truth. It is God and God alone that has done this. Each of us knows God in accordance to what He has revealed to us. We are limited by our willingness to receive and should be willing to receive it all, but we still know Him by faith alone because our God is not known or understood by a mind of man. Our God is known through the Spirit, through your union with the Spirit of God. We don't know Him through our minds. Do you realize that? Do you know that the person with a small IQ has just as great a potential to know God as the person with a large one? Well, I know that might be injurious to your ego, but that is the truth of it. And I'm glad of it. Because when I was baby Kent's size, I didn't have much of an intellect to wrap myself around God with, but he wrapped himself around me. And now, as I'm growing older, I realize that there's some things about me that are diminishing, that I no longer have the strength or the tenacity or the will to carry forward. But I know him as my strength. You see, we are in Christ We don't need to attach ourselves to such things. And Paul says, what you know of God, you know because He revealed it to you. My son and I were talking about this this afternoon. And, you know, we can put all of you people out here are going to hear the same sermon, but every one of you will carry something different. Every one of you will hear the Spirit of God maybe in a different way. You will see the truth through your grid of emotions, through your context... You were literally put in a place where your context, your understanding, your view is going to be unique. You can only understand it according to the context that you see it in. We don't see as God sees. And He looks down and He sees even the, the molecules that are holding these things together. And we say, the, the atheist looks at this place and says, See, it's empty, there's no God here. And God looks and sees Himself holding the very elements of this place together. He said, what do you mean God isn't here? He's, he, his very power is in all things. Who gave us the vision to see God. He did. It was not the concordance. It wasn't the course on Greek you may have taken. It was Him. 
One of the reasons that the children of God have such a problem studying the Word of God is because they go into it with an expectation that all would be made plain through their intellect. I want to tell you that it is never that way. The revelation of God comes through the Spirit of God, which is at the center of your being, in union with you, where He takes and lifts from the pages of His Word the truth that He would apply to your context of living. Where you are. That's why we can take an obscure passage in the, in the back of the Bible where, where we've never looked before and it immediately speaks to the unique situation that you're in right now. How is that possible? All things are possible with God. Neat stuff. Do we boast in what we've learned or in who we follow? Do we glory in the way God has brought us along or do we see ourselves as branches that simply display the life of the vine? Branches don't compare themselves to one another, nor does one branch follow another. That's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your word. But Lord, most of all, I thank you for your life within us for your spirit that teaches us, nurtures us, grows us, expands us in all that we are in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.